yourselves a hand you got out of bed this morning. Come on. The last Sunday of the year. You deserve better than that. Come on. The last Sunday of the year, the last Sunday of the decade. It is just so cool that you are here with Brother uh, Ike and Brother Jason and Brother Tony uh, joining us this morning. Um, you know, as we enter, begin to enter into a new year, I'm reminded um, how much church history of Bethany Church, the history of the three years, right? 
remember the first year we only had one service and we had 245 people. The next year, last year, we had 351 people. So that's almost double the growth from the first year to now. And it's, it's almost 100 people more than we had last year. That is worth celebrating. It is incredible what God is doing. But I always hesitate to give numbers and I hesitate to give metrics because the confusion is that like, like if we start to look at numbers so much, we can start to think that it's all about being a big church. It's not about being a big church, ladies and gentlemen. It's about being a healthy church. But the truth of the matter is, is that healthy things grow. And so we need to, just like your kids, when, when, when um, those, those of you that are parents, just like your kids, when you get, when you get, get out the measuring stick, like at my, my house, we used to have this, this big, tall, like seven feet uh, tall ruler that my wife glued to the, to the wall so that she could mark on the ruler, not on the wall. She would never write on the wall. She would only mark on the ruler. And she would, she would gauge how much our kids had grown over the last six months or, or however long it had been since the last mark on the wall. Anybody, anybody do that with your kids? look at the attendance of our small groups. Um, who is in a small group? Who is growing in community with one another and fellowship with one another? We look at the number of small groups that we have. And that, the reason why we look at the number of small groups is that tells us how many people we have leading at the back. So we look at small group attendance. We look at weekend attendance. We look at small group attendance. We look at the number of small groups, we also look at, and this is what I would say we use to gauge the spiritual maturity of our church. If we look at the attendance of our prayer meetings, the attendance, we, we have prayer meetings every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. We meet at 125 North Gorham Road. That's where I live. That's my house. There's also a little shack to the side of my house. It's remodeled. It's really nice. It's office. We call it the church office. Our, our worship team uh, practices there every Thursday night. Every Saturday morning we have uh, 9 a.m. prayer. And um, and you guys are always welcome to attend our 9 a.m. prayer. I'm going to talk a little bit this morning about prayer meetings and, and why we do them. Because I believe it's the number one way that we can gauge the spiritual maturity in our, in our, in our church. But it's also the other way that we gauge the spiritual maturity in our, in our church is through the, the number of small, um, small groups and the, the small group attendance as well. You can't just grow a church based on, its, on, on attendance on Sunday. We always say this, anyone can gather a crowd. But only God can build a church.
that's what we're trying to do. But this this Sunday, this 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 talk this morning isn't about growing a church. You guys didn't come here to hear about how to grow a church. You came to hear how to grow yourself. So this morning I want to talk about how we can grow ourselves into the point. Is that okay? Can I do that this morning? Can we talk about that? So just like the church, we have these these things that we look at. These metrics, if you will. You have to have metrics for spiritual growth in your own life. So I'm going to give you four questions that you can ask yourself engaging the spiritual health in, in your own life. Um, you can follow along with all of today's notes in the YouVersion Bible app. It should tell you the locations behind them. It'll tell you how to find those. Um, also, you were given um, the connection card. By the way, if you're visiting with us for the first time, um, I'd love for you to fill out that card and to drop it in the black box on your way out or hand it to me on your way out. And I'll just send you a thank you card in the mail. I won't put a wrap on it. I promise uh, not to do that. Um, you fill that out and drop it in the black box. But um, on the back of it, there's a place for notes. Write down some notes today, if you will. Um, my, my pastor likes to say this. He likes to say, note takers are history makers. So if you want to be a history maker, you want to make history Write good notes. So um, four questions that you can ask yourself to gauge your own spiritual health. The first one is, are you spending quality time with Jesus daily? Are you spending quality time with Jesus daily? Emphasis on quality. There have been times in my life where I've sat down to read my Bible, and I've just read, and I've just been so go, 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 that I've never really even sat down to enjoy my time with Jesus. It's not about a spiritual check mark that you check off your day, your, your spiritual task list that you check off so that you can go on to the next thing. It's quality time with the Savior. That's what will help you grow. The second question that you have to ask yourself is, are you sharing your faith with others? Do other people know that you're a Christian? Do other people know that you're a follower of Jesus? Are you sharing your faith with others? The third question is, the third question is, do you belong to a small group? Do you belong to a small group? Are you involved in fellowship with others so that you have people that you're sharing your secrets with? We always say this, if you're the only person that knows your secrets, you're in trouble. If you're the only person that knows your secrets, you're in trouble. Therefore, you have to be connected to other believers, and you connect with other believers in a small group. The fourth and final question that you have to ask yourself is, are you serving God in order to leave an impact in this world? Are you serving God to leave an impact in this world? So, are you spending quality time with Jesus? Are you sharing your faith with others? Are you in a small group? And are you um, serving God in order to make an impact? Notice, notice our vision for the church is to know God, to live free, to discover our purpose, and to make an impact. We know God by spending quality time with him. 
got right out of the gate. I didn't. I wasn't funny in this morning at the beginning. I didn't tell any jokes. I'm like, right here we go. I want to get it done today. Are you spending quality time with Jesus? Are you practicing knowing God? The second one: Are you sharing your faith? Are you just when you share your faith? discover the purpose that God has given you for life. Because the reason we live is to make Him famous, not us. And when you share what He's done in your life, you live the purpose that He's given you. The third one, are you in a small group? Are you living free? Know God, live free, discover your purpose. And the last one, are you leaving impact? Are you serving the creator? We do that on our dream team. We give everyone an opportunity to, to serve on our on our dream team. We, we, we like to say this, you don't, you don't have to um, be a member of the refuge to serve at the refuge. Because we like to say, we like to keep the cookies on the bottom shelf. Because um, we know that a lot of times, Grandma will keep the cookies on the top of the shelf. So that Johnny can't reach them cookies are, are the sweet spot. Serving, ladies and gentlemen, is the sweet spot of the church. And it tastes so good. Because we have the opportunity to serve, we don't have to serve. And when we take the opportunity to serve, it's an incredible thing what God does in our life. It's incredible. Do you know God? Are you living free? Are you discovering your purpose? Are you we also make it easy for you to discover your purpose because we realize that it can be difficult to share your faith. So we want to help everyone discover what motivates them. And the, when you mo- when you discover what motivates you, you will easily find the purpose that you have. Because let's be honest, there are different motivations that we all have. We talk about seven of them in a course that we call My Refuge. We, we don't have My Refuge today. It's the fifth Sunday of the month. Praise God for the fifth Sunday of the month. We'll get a little break today. But next Sunday, we will um, we will have My Refuge where you can come and discover the purpose that God has for your life through discovering the motivations that He has for you. Or the motivation that, that you have in your life that you like to follow. So, that means next Sunday at 11 
little dark in here today. Can, are you guys? Are you guys with me? Are you? I'm, I'm having a hard time reading the crowd this morning because it's so so dark in here. Um, so, know God, live, breathe, and show your purpose to leave an impact. Um, this morning, I want to help you make a plan for 2020. Now, for me, that's a little difficult to admit because my wife lives and dies by a plan, and it drives me crazy sometimes. Because her plan is always, I always feel like her plan is like, just tell me what to do. And let's be honest, that is that's true. And it does definitely work. So, the reason why a plan is so good is because if you fail to plan, what's the rest of it? You plan to fail. My wife was the first one to say that one. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so, I hope, and, 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 and part of my goal this morning is to help set everyone up for a successful spiritual year in 2020. Now, hopefully, it'll, it'll, it'll give you a leg up on those, those folks that weren't here this morning, and hopefully those people that aren't here can listen to these podcasts before New Year's, right? Um, we have to set a plan. And so every year, successful spiritual year uh, for that for that year. This morning, I want to explain to you why we do 21 days of prayer, and I want to explain to you the benefits of 21 days of prayer, and I want to tell you how you can participate um, in it as well. Our 21 days of prayer this year is the month of, of January 5th, January 5th through January 25th. January 5th. 25th, and um, it's it's in all places. We want everyone to participate, uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about how you can do that this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 17, or follow along on the screen behind me, or in the YouVersion Bible app, or on your cell phone. Hopefully, you have a, a, a Bible on there that you can follow along. The book of Matthew chapter 17. In Matthew 17, there's a story about Jesus coming down off of this mountain where he takes Peter, James, and John with him on top of, of the mountain. And on top of the mountain, he meets with Moses and Elijah. We call that the transfiguration. And I don't have a whole lot of time to teach about that this morning. Uh, so we're just going get, to get to that part. But he comes off the mountain, and when he gets there, the rest of his disciples, minus Peter, James, and John, this man, there's his son, there's the religious leaders and the disciples, and they're all arguing, and Jesus walks down off the mountain, and he goes, guys, what is going on? Why are you arguing? We pick up the story in verse 15. It says this, Matthew 17, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, verse 15. Lord, he said, have mercy on my son, because he is seized 
Savior who suffers severely, he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. So there's this man that brings his son that is spiritually sick. I want to emphasize, he's spiritually sick. He's possessed by a demon. He says later to his disciples, there's a difference in being spiritually sick and being physically sick. And I think that's really important in this story because Jesus is about to tell this man some things about being spiritually sick that I think oftentimes we apply to being physically sick that do not apply. Like, for example, he, later on he tells them that they had too little faith. I don't think that you're physically sick because of your lack of faith, ladies and gentlemen. But spiritually, it, it's a problem. When you lack faith spiritually, it's a problem. And so uh, the, they're, they're still kind of arguing, and, and, and this man says to him, I brought my son to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Whenever adversity is present, there, you know what is also present? A lot of opinions. Whenever there's adversity, opinions will always exist. Just look at the United States of America. You don't have to look very far to see that the adversity in our country has created a lot of opinions and a lot of divisions because of it. And so this man, he says, they, your disciples couldn't heal him. Look at what Jesus says to him. Verse 17. Jesus replied, you unbelieving and rebellious generation. Jesus called them un unbelieving and rebellious? He goes on. How long will I need to be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of him. And from that moment, the boy was healed. Now Jesus calls him unbelieving and rebellious in the translation that we have. Now other translations, some of them use unbelieving and perverse or unbelieving and corrupt. It's important the words that Jesus used because Jesus didn't go around calling people names. Not that he called them names, but he's like calling things out in them. And he's like, he didn't just walk around doing that. So what is it that Jesus is trying to communicate here to these people? We're going to find out in just a moment. Unbelieving and rebellious. The word unbelieving simply implies that the people were lacking faith. When we're unbelieving, we lack faith. Rebellious simply means that you're too attached to the world. You're doing what the world says that you should do, not what I, you're, you're going against what I'm saying you should do. That's what rebellion is. When our kids are rebellious, they don't listen to us. They go against what we say they should do. Jesus is saying you lack faith and you're too attached to the world. But watch, because Jesus is about to tell them how they can fix it. But if you don't pay attention, you'll miss it. Because it looks like he's, he's giving them this, this insult of being unbelieving and rebellious. And then he goes on and he tells them how to fix those two problems. Verse 20, because of your little faith, he told them, I assure you, 
have, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell a, this mountain to move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Verse 21 is really important. Some translations leave it out. I don't know why. But verse 21 says this, however, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. The two issues that the people have that Jesus is addressing is their unbelieving and their rebellious. Jesus says the way you fix that is by prayer and fasting. It only comes out by prayer and fasting. You want to get rid of your, your unbelief? Pray. You want to get rid of your rebellion? Fast. Let me say it like this. We pray to attach ourselves to God. We fast to attach ourselves to the Lord. Write that down. We pray to attach ourselves to God. We fast Adam, I know what prayer is. I've, I've, I've gone to church my whole life, and, and I've heard about prayer, but we, we don't talk about fasting a whole lot. What, what is fasting? Fasting simply means to abstain from food for the purpose of spiritual growth. To abstain from food for the purpose of spiritual growth. Now, if I were to apply it to Matthew chapter 17... It would be to abstain from food for the purpose of detaching ourselves from the world. Jesus is telling these guys, you're not attached to God enough, and you're too attached to the world. Attach yourself to God and detach yourself from the world, and you'll be able to tell the demons to leave and they'll leave. Ladies and gentlemen, if we attach ourselves to God and detach ourselves from the world, We'd eliminate a lot of our own problems. The problem is that scares a lot of us. We don't know what God's going to ask us to do. We kind of like being attached to the world. But we, but we do that. Fasting always accomplishes detaching ourselves from the world. It amazes me. That God knows what food accomplishes in our life, more so than just giving us a full stomach. You see, before I started fasting in my life, I didn't realize what eating food did to me other than make me fat. Like, I didn't realize that it attached my, that it, reason for that is because it, it makes me believe that the world has what I need. See, I need food to fill my stomach so that I don't, my stomach doesn't collapse. And so it makes me think that the world has what I need. But ladies and gentlemen, the world doesn't have what I need. And so when I abstain from food, it helps me detach from the world so 
That's why I have to pray when I do it, because I have to attach myself to something. And I have to attach myself to God in order to do it. And so, I would say that the definition of fasting isn't just abstaining from food, but it's abstaining from anything that keeps you attached to the world around you. So, when we fast for the next 21 days, we call it 21 days of prayer, but really it's 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so, I would encourage you to to abstain from something that keeps you attached to the world. It could be anything. You You can fast from food for a meal a day. That doesn't mean you eat fast food a meal a day. That means that you abstain from food for one meal a day or or two meals a day and you only eat one maybe maybe you just maybe you fast the entire 21 days maybe you maybe you fast just a week out of it you abstain from food maybe it's abstaining from sugar maybe it's abstaining from social media because nothing attaches you to the world like social media does in fact, and, and I've tried both. I've, done, I've gone, I've, I've fasted from food, and I've fasted from social media. Social media is just as hard as fasting from food for me. Detach yourself from the world. Anything that will detach yourself from the world is fasting, and it accomplishes what you're trying to do. And so my encouragement to you is have a plan. Decide from the very beginning what you're going to do during the 21 days of prayer so that you can succeed. And the way that you discover that plan is ask yourself, is it keeping me attached to the world? Um, I always tell this story whenever I talk about 21 days of prayer. And I'll probably tell it again um, next time we meet for 21 days of prayer. And so I know half of you So when Tanya and I moved here to start the refuge, um, our goal at the time was to, we had these things called interest meetings where we would gather people together to join our launch team so that we could get started uh, with a strong team. We were able to to gather 50 people on our launch team to start the refuge. And um, during that time, uh, we moved here in June of 2016. In January 2017, we had a team of people together, and we wanted to do 21 days of prayer. We've done 21 days of prayer since before we started the church. I've done 21 days of prayer since long before that. And so um, we gathered our team together, and we encouraged them to, to fast from something. I'll never forget the day that one of our team members came up to me. Pastor Adam, Pastor Adam, I know what I'm going to fast for 21 days of prayer. I said, what's that? He said, I'm not going to say the F word for 21 days. And I said, you have a plan. And, hey, there's nothing like detaching yourself from the world by not saying the F word. Unless you're Jacob and you want to live that. So, he had a plan. Ladies and gentlemen, have a plan. 
yourself from the world what God does. But if you're going to detach yourself from the world, you're going to have to attach yourself to something. Therefore, attach yourself to God through prayer because that's what prayer does. So that's the fasting part. What about the praying part? For, For the 21 days, we will gather together at uh, 125 North Warren Road, my house, the church's office on the side of the house at 6 a.m. every morning for an hour. Um, some some mornings it may not be a full hour, but it'll be for an hour to, to gather together uh, for the purpose of prayer and attaching ourselves to God. And, um, and then on Saturdays at 9 a.m. we'll do the same thing. We do the same thing every Saturday. It's what we not all of us are going to fit in the office at one time, but at some point, try to make one of those prayer meetings. The other thing that we do is next Sunday, we'll have these pray, pray first pamphlets or booklets um, available to everyone. We've only ordered a hundred because we know that, um, and we can always order more, order more but um, we know that some of you already have some of these books, and hopefully you do, so that um, you can leave the ones that we've ordered, the new ones that we've ordered, they're exactly the same. They, we haven't changed them at all. But this is a prayer guide that will help you pray during the 21 days of prayer. Because some of you are sitting here going, Pastor Adam, like I just, I just met Jesus. I don't even know how to pray. This will help you. One of my favorite prayers in this this pamphlet is is called the uh, the Tabernacle Prayer that walks you through praying the Tabernacle.
service 24-7. You can serve your work, you can serve your job, but it won't give you freedom. You can serve your family in 2020, but it won't give you freedom. You can serve a lot of good causes that won't give you freedom like the body of Christ will. Because the church is the organization that God has ordained to be the organization that reaches the world for Jesus. The body that will reach the world for Jesus. And when you attach yourself to the body of Christ, you attach yourself to Jesus himself. That's why the scripture uses the example of a body, the body of Christ. Here's the mule term. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, it says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Do you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we'll choose, we'll serve the Lord. Make a declaration today on December 29, 2019, that from this point forward, you will serve the Lord as a family. One of my favorite verses that I've discovered since starting a church is found in John chapter 10 and verse 10. And I love to always keep it in front of me because it reminds me that God's plan for my life is freedom. God's plan for my life is growth. God's plan for my life is best. God's plan for my life is prosperity. It's not about prosperity, but he wants to see me grow and prosper and be successful. And I would go as far as to say that that's what he wants for all of us in this room. But this verse reminds me that there is a, a thief. There's an enemy that wants to steal it all from you. It's John 10, 10. And it says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know this morning that God wants your life to be satisfying in 2020. But the only way, the only way that we can be satisfied is by attaching ourselves to the creator that created us. Back to our original home, back to where we started the purpose with the purpose that we were made for. Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you tonight. Would you please? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Our goal is to get you home. have a lot of things that you can serve. My submission to you this morning is, are the things 
that you are serving, helping you know God, helping you live for you, helping you discover you were created, and helping you to leave an impact. Maybe you're here this morning, and as you reflect on this message, you feel lost. You look at the questions that I asked, tell yourself, man, I have a lot of work to do. I have a, I'm, I'm, I'm so lost, I don't even know where to begin. I'm here to tell you where to begin. Begin the, with the one that gave his all so that you could be reunited to your creator. His name is Jesus. You see, Jesus loved the world so much that he died for it. He loved the Father so much. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that Jesus has died for you so that you can be reunited with the creator of the universe. You can be reunited with the one that began, that started it all, that created you. All this prayer and fasting talk, it, it doesn't do us any good if Jesus didn't die for us. But because Jesus died for us, we can attach ourselves to that. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Adam, I want to be reunited with the one that created me. If that's you, would you do me a favor? your hand up and say, Pastor Adam, that's me. That's me. I want to reunite myself with God. Thank you. Let's see your hand. Anybody else? I want to reattach myself to him. I want to have a relationship with him. Thank you. Let's see that. In the middle, I see you. If you raise your hand, I want I want to just invite you to say this prayer with me. Say, God, I know that I am lost. But this morning, I come to you because I've found Jesus who died for me so that I could have a relationship with you. Bring me home back I belong. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Head bowed, eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you have a relationship with God, but maybe you've been too attached to the world. I'm going to say a prayer in just a moment to help us set up a successful I'm not going to ask everyone that if you plan on, on, on praying and fasting, which I'm not going to ask that. You're going to do that on your own. It's, it's between you and God. I don't want to hear later on.
not why I even gave this talk this morning. It's between you and God. Father, I thank you so much that you give us the ability to attach ourselves to you. You see, in the Garden of Eden, human beings made a choice to detach ourselves from you. It was choice to send down your only son to live a perfect life so that he could die in our place so that we could be reunited with you. Father, I thank you for those that have been reunited with you this morning. I pray that you would help them, God, to live for you. Father, I pray that you would help us to be successful in detaching ourselves from the world and attaching ourselves to you over the next uh, 21 days and the next 21 days as we observe 21 days of prayer. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in the rest of this church. I pray that you would continue to move, continue to work, continue to build your church. We give you our praise. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you give God a hand today? Come on. Give God some love. Love to pray with you. If you have any questions, you can stop by next steps on your way.